there was this sense of inner fulfillment, I think, that I was searching for that wasn't delivered in achieving things or checking those boxes in the way that I had previously thought. I really began questioning this idea of what am I working towards and what is fulfillment? And that was kind of the basis of starting to ask the deeper questions like, what is this feeling that I'm desiring? And how do I find that if it's not in doing? Hello, friends. Welcome to the Live Boldly podcast with Sarah Shelton Kranz. This is an inspiring podcast for those seeking proven ways of healing, growing, and transcending their lives. I am a legendary leader in healing, acclaimed author, keynote, and TEDx speaker, a mom, an adventurer, and a believer in all things possible. My mission is to guide others to live their life boldly, regardless of circumstances. I believe we all have the power to overcome and lead joy-filled, happy lives. Recorded from the trail or in my office, every other week I share inspiring stories from everyday people because we all deserve to be heard. You will also hear from hand-picked professionals ready to guide you beside me. Are you ready? Let's do this. My friends, that was Shauna Lee. We had an incredibly inspiring conversation about soul mission. What is fulfillment in life? How do we create something out of the difficulties that we've experienced in order to not only guide others, but then to further guide ourselves? Grab your journal, your pen, take notes as you listen to this podcast episode. Before I dive more into Shauna Lee, I wanna remind you of all the things that we have going on over here. We have a co-ed Grand Canyon healing retreat that we are currently filling. If this interests you, grab your 2021 rate Message me, Sarah at SarahSheltonKranz.com or message Joe, J-O at SarahSheltonKranz.com and let's set up a one-on-one discovery call with you and see if this is the right fit. It is three months of group coaching along with a one-on-one session with me and five-day intensive healing retreat within the Grand Canyon. We do coaching, hiking, meditating, adventuring, diving into yourself. It is It is so transforming and life-changing. Do not miss out. These fill every single time. Typically, I have a wait list and I would really love to get you in now. Once you say yes to you, all things change within your life. Just ask my former clients. These are remarkable. Uh, For those of you that would like more of an online program, we are uh, accepting people into our online program called The Trail, a community for truth, inspiration, hope, and healing. Every month we tackle a new subject from trauma brain, self-worthiness, happiness, boundary setting, betrayal, trauma, whatever it is that is it is needed to be tackled, that's what we do. I bring in a guest expert. I do a one-hour live training with you myself as well, along with a group coaching session. So you get three sessions a month, It is a supportive community. It is an amazing, amazing way to transform your life. We are halfway through 2021 right now. How would you like the the end of the year to look for you? How would you like to see yourself? How do you see yourself at the end of this year? And how can you transform your life starting today um, until we reach December 31st and even into 2022? So if this interests you, again, message me. Sarah or Joe at SarahSheltonKranz.com. Let's set up a call and see if it's the right fit for you. 
Uh, if you were looking for free resources, go into my website, sarahschultonkranz.com, dive into my other podcast episodes. There are, there's so much good content within my podcast, or sorry, within my, yes, within my podcast and within my website for all of you to learn from. So with that, let's dive into Shauna Lee. She is an intuitive healer and celebrity manifestation coach. She is the number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And she is the host of the Soul Frequency Show podcast, leading the conversation on raising your energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and alignment. She is a speaker, businesswoman, and consultant to executives of Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, influencers, and fashion industry experts. You will love this episode. So like I said, grab your journal, grab your pen, grab your favorite drink. If you can listen outside, it's the way to do it. And as always, please let me know what you think. Message me through Instagram, put this in your stories, put it in your Facebook stories. Um, Let me reshare because I love celebrating all of your healing journeys too. Welcome to this amazing podcast episode with Shauna Lee. Shauna, welcome to this episode of the Live Boldly podcast. I am thrilled to have you on. You are a remarkable woman, definitely soul-centered in all the ways. And so to bring you into this podcast for my listeners is an absolute pleasure. Ah, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with all you guys. Yeah, it's awesome. I love to deep dive with people like you because there is definitely a connection here that we are going to Uh, it's going to take us into a really good deep conversation. And one of the things that I know that is a really big thing for you is leading a soul-centered life. So can you just tell us a little bit about your, uh, just a little bit about you, a little bit about your past so my listeners understand who they're listening to or learning from, and then let's dive into the conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love to say I was living a soul-centered life my whole life, right? Like, ah, just in a, in, a, in a zone, in meditation, all that good stuff. Not true at all. Um, I would say that most of my experience was fulfilling on you know other people's hopes and dreams for my life, what I thought being a good human was, what I thought success was, like a lot of these archetypes that that we might say, yeah, that's it, or this is how I want to build my life, or this is what, you know, the direction I want to move in. And when I look back at most of my life, I feel like I was running towards something that wasn't defined by myself. Like it was defined by other people around me or society or some idea I had of what was good or right. Um, And so I was very focused on building what I thought was a successful life. And so like many people, I had written down in many a journal, these things I wanted, right? Like I wanted to meet the love of my life. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to build a business. I wanted to, you know, have success, financial success, like all these things. And as my life progressed, I kept checking off those boxes. Like I was achieving these things And I remember being 25 years old and buying my dream car. And at the time I felt so blessed because I felt like a lot of people around me weren't getting to do that, but I had worked really hard. And, and I remember getting in that car and feeling this feeling like, oh, okay, well, this is it. Like I've done this. And it didn't feel like the feeling I thought it was going to feel like to get it. And I remember like logging that in my brain, like very well, like it was yesterday and thinking, well, this wasn't 
it's exciting, but it wasn't as exciting or it didn't give me exactly what I thought it was going to give me. And as time continued on, I had other things, right, that I achieved or did and and felt good about them, felt proud about them. But there was a sense of like inner fulfillment, I think, that I was searching for that wasn't delivered in achieving things or checking those boxes in the way that I had previously thought. And at a certain point in time, I had checked so many of those boxes that I realized like, wait a second, am I playing a game and running towards something that is not real? Like, is, am I, is there no finish line here that I'm going to cross and, and to see that white light above my head and feel like, oh, I've arrived, right? I'm totally fulfilled. And so I really began questioning this idea of what am I working towards and what is fulfillment? And that was kind of the basis of starting to ask the deeper questions. Like, what is this, what is this feeling that I'm desiring Um, And how do I find that if it's not in doing, right? Like it's not in all these things I'm doing. How do I seek this? And how do I feel like deeply fulfilled? And I had always been a soulful person, but I like to say I had my spirituality books like in a bottom drawer, you know, in my desk, like it was kind of in the closet, right? And, And I, at this time where I was having all these big questions come up, I just thought to myself, like, I think this is more truthful of who I am, these books that are in this bottom drawer. And I probably need to take them out of the bottom drawer and start putting them front and center in my life. And so that was that led to a really big spiritual awakening, a lot of changes in my life, and a lot of reorganization to live a life that was in accordance with my truth and what I really love and the things that I want to build for myself. That's beautiful. Um, so asking the deep questions is something that I love to do. It's just one of those things, you know, like diving deep with people and asking those hard questions where it just like hits their soul, right? And you're like, okay, let's dive into this. So one of the things that you talked about was fulfillment. And what, how would you clarify, how would you actually define fulfillment for yourself today? So it's a journey to find that because again, so many of the ways that we think we're going to be fulfilled in life have to do with ideas that other people have given us Mm -hmm. or things based on who we think we are that we actually aren't. So there's a whole process of like, who am I really? I mean, that's the ultimate big question, right? Who am I really? What are the things I really love? Um, And I think that takes time for people to decipher that. I think you have to get outside the box a little bit and start trying some different stuff on and seeing what really lights you up inside. So that process, you know, took years for me to really say what is my, what is me and what is not me and to be able to be courageous to own that because sometimes, you know, people get disappointed when we start owning our truth. Like it's not their truth and it's not what they wanted for us and so so there's a real process in there, but ultimately the more we start living in accordance to who we really are and what feels true and right and good to us. I feel like energetically our whole body comes into alignment, like our whole life comes into alignment. And we feel that kind of like an exhale, like, ah, okay, this feels so much better than what I was doing before all pretzeled up into, you know, some idea of what it should be. And so 
you know, truth takes courage. And, and I believe that any soulful journey takes us deeper into our own truth. Um, I love that truth takes courage because it does. It's very, very courageous to stand there and actually to share your own truth. But also, first of all, to have that truth within yourself and be able to look in the mirror and say, you know, what is what is true about me? Being honest with your own self. So one of the things that um, you just mentioned also was in fulfillment was um, being able to go through this this journey into self. Was there anything within your life that was a trigger for that? Did anything happen where, and I, you mentioned, right, like buying the car and sitting there and saying, this is not really truly fulfilling me. Was there anything else within your life where, because for many people, it's a big trigger. It's a big, like, you know, a shocking revelation or, or a betrayal for a lot of people, or all of a sudden, you know, they realize um, their life isn't what they thought. Did you have anything like that happen to you along the way? I had several things happen. And and I always say, you know, the pain in our life is the opening. It's the crack that lets the truth through, really. Um, And I had had some struggles. I was diagnosed with skin cancer at a very young age. Um, That was one of my first wake-up calls because the doctor kept saying to me repeatedly over and over again, you're so young to have this. And like, I would look around the waiting room and everybody was, you know, 60, 70 years old. And here I am in my 30s. And so... That it was on my face as well, which I was thinking, how wise, because you just literally can't get away from that. It's right in the middle of my face, right? It's not on my ankle or my leg. And I really felt like when I was diagnosed with that, that it was a wake up call. Like I knew it in my bones. It's like, this was not somewhere where I could just take this off and, you know, it would be no big deal and I'd just move on with my life. And so that really began me starting to pay attention to what I put in my body. Because I kept thinking to myself, well, why am I so young and why is this happening? And um, what am I supposed to learn from this? And then as that started to progress in my life, I mean, when we start putting healthier foods in our body, we many times like start to shift our consciousness as well. So that was definitely front and center. And when I got pregnant with my son, I would say that everything started to change. And it was really like, profound because something about his energy in my body started to shift things for me. And I started to think about different choices I was making in my life and say, would I want him to make this? And do I feel like I can honestly look him in the eyes when he's born and say that I'm happy with this or that I feel good about this choice? And so I started thinking of things differently, not just from my own you know, ego or construct, but but how would I explain this to my child? And and there was something um, very like powerful about just his energy, about me getting pregnant with him, about the whole pregnancy process. And that was a big catalyst in my life. I talk about it um, in my book. I go through a lot of the things that woke me up um, because I think sometimes we don't realize we're on a path of awakening. We just think stuff's happening in our life and why is it happening? And like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with this? And it comes in a myriad of ways. Everyone's unique. But that was really a huge time in my life to start looking around and saying, what needs to change? Yeah. So there's two things that I want to bring up with you. One is a phrase that came in my retreat in uh, June when I was leading a group into the canyon. And we had this, because you mentioned earlier about finding yourself and being able to be truthful with who you are and then also truthful, 
truthful with other people. Like this is who I'm becoming. And one of the things that the phrases that came up with my uh, clients was one in particular was, um, you can't be you. So I can't be, you can't be, or I'm sorry, I can't be you. So you can't be you either. Right. And so what it was, was the whole feeling of being too much and how people sometimes look at you. And, and I'm not saying you, but just listeners like myself included. Sometimes people look at me and they're just like, whoa, you are so much. I am so much. And I embrace my so much because my so much is not so much. It's not too much. It's my much. Right. And I love my much. And so one of the things that came up during that retreat, because we had such powerful women on it who have been told that they're too much is you, if I can't be you, then you can't be you either. Right. And that's external. That's, that's people telling them that. And so I just want to, does that resonate with you? Cause you just smiled when I said that. So I'm assuming it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know anybody that doesn't get that they're either too little of something or too much of something throughout their life. I mean, you know, too emotional, too this, too that. I mean, these are the ways that I say that we take in from society, Mm -hmm. this idea of how to, that how we're supposed to dial ourselves into something that we're not. And there's something really beautiful when you have somebody tell you that it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be bold. It's okay to be loud. It's okay to be talkative, whatever it is for you that that's an expression of who you are, that that's, if, if that's authentically you, then that's what you should be doing. And in fact, your sole mission and your sole purpose resides in those things. So whatever, you know, someone told you, you were too much of dig into that because you're going to find that exactly why you chose to be here in this lifetime is somewhere within that mix. So let's dive into that. Because I am all about the soul purpose and the soul mission and leading a life according to what your heart and your soul is actually being called towards. One of the things that you mentioned earlier was the awareness piece. You didn't use the word awareness, but I'm going to say awareness. Awareness of what is happening within your life, like having the, having your child, right? And the feeling of what's going on within your body and the awareness of that. I know in my own life that I've had really big awareness around the things that are happening for me. I don't consider them to me. Um, which has led me to where I am today. And so how does that, the awareness within your life, how does that guide you down your soul path? How does that guide you? And let's dive into that whole piece of it, where your soul mission, your soul purpose lies. Yeah. So when I lead people to their soul mission, it's nothing that they ever think it's going to look like. So we think of soul mission like we think of many things in life, like I'm just going to go out and get my soul mission or I'm going to paint my soul mission over the top of my life. Um, but it's much deeper and more profound than that. So soul mission is something that is within you and will birth to a level of consciousness provided certain things, criteria, right, are going on in your life. And one of those things is that you are in spaces or places or with someone where there is full love and full safety. Meaning just like 
you know, when we literally birth children or animals birth their babies, they go to a place of safety, right? They, they hide somewhere where they know they'll be safe. Another animal won't get them. You know, women will say, gosh, when I was giving birth, I had spidey senses. I could feel everybody's emotions in the room or what they were thinking. Like we have this natural um, inclination to be in a space of full love and safety to allow ourselves to birth anything. And it's the same with our soul mission. So many times we have a hard time getting to our truth. We have a hard time being courageous with that because our life doesn't feel particularly loving in the highest sense, right? My meaning unconditional, like God love. And it doesn't feel safe. Doesn't feel safe to speak our truth. Doesn't feel safe to say who we are because of all that. You're to this, you're to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, to everything. So. So when we get in that space, we remember our divinity. We remember our connection because, you know, before we come into human form, we are in full love and safety. Like that's all that exists. And so when that gets replicated with human beings and in, 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 let's say, a one-on-one relationship or a group circle or something like that, where people really feel like anything they say and anything they do is loved and accepted and honored then that creates like an environment where soul mission will start to rise. And it happens by a clearing of the layers of the things that have kept it hidden from you. So almost like systematically, there will be things that come up for people that are veils to them, you know, really feeling connected. So some people will say, oh, I wish I knew what my soul mission was. I just, it feels unclear. Like that's a very typical thing that a lot of people say. And that lack of clarity is that there are just these veils. There are these things and constructs in our life that keep us from seeing it. So, you know, life will send us events to happen to help us, you know, move, remove those veils. And then also when we're in spaces where we can truly be who we are, we can connect deeper with why we came here. And so there's a point in time where people link up with it, meaning, like I would never, even though I can intuit it, tell somebody what their soul mission is because I really feel like it's something that somebody has to birth and they need to link up to it in their own time. And when they have that powerful moment of recognition, which is possible for anybody, then they know for sure versus somebody telling them, right, this is what it is. And then you always wonder, well, is that right? Someone just told me this, right? So we need to, in our own lives, on our own spiritual journey, get to that place of clarity. Because when you have that moment of like, boom, this is what it is, I know it, that creates an energy. It's a catalyst, right? It creates momentum to you being able to birth that into the three-dimensional reality. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Uh, a resonant choice versus just simply a choice of meaning. And I talk about this with my clients, a resonant choice. is a, it's a sacral beat. It's like, it's just like, you just know in your intuition, Oh, this is the direction I'm supposed to be going. And in my own life, when I'm not sure of something, I know it's because I just haven't had that hit yet. And so it's that pause. It's in the pause that you find the clarity for me. It's out in nature. Clearly. Like that's my space. It's a beautiful place. That's my, that's, that is my, my home away from my home is when I'm, you know, out in the mountain mountains or on the ocean that I have all of my clarity hits. And that's where I found my own soul mission was out there. So tell us a little bit about more, a little more about how you guide people to that. Are there certain steps? Are there certain tools that you can um, 
that you can lead uh, our listeners to? What what can you give them something to um, to really give them clarity on how they can find it themselves? Yeah, there's lots of different like things that you can do on a practical sense. One of the things that people need to understand is that mission is birthed through our emotional center. So if there are areas of your life where you are running from your emotions, you not don't want to feel certain things, if you've got things in your past, like we get really good at storing emotions from years and years and years. And we're so good at it that we don't even know that they're there. And what's interesting is when like I'm in a small group, I run small groups where we raise the vibrational frequency of the entire group by linking energy with all participants. And then I raise the vibration. And what I've learned through that process of doing that is that when you raise the vibration, anything that's of a lower vibration will release and clear. So if there is stored, you know, memories like lower frequency emotions, like anger and sadness and jealousy and things like that, that when you're in a higher vibrational space, that energy will start to rise to the surface. So maybe you'll remember a time in your life, like the, our consciousness is so miraculous. Like so you will go, yeah, you'll go right back to a time in your life where there's still that stored energy in your body in the form of emotion and you'll have a good cry about it. Right. Or you'll, or you'll talk about it and you'll move that energy out of your mind body system. So the more that we are doing that, that we're, I call it cleaning out your closet, right? You're just cleaning out your closet and letting the stuff come up and move, the more clarity there is across the board in your life. And so we can't be holding on to all of the stuff, right? That we've been through in our life. Um, and it really, the way it purges is through the emotional center. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the work focuses on raising the vibration, seeing what is no longer resonant at a higher vibration, and then allowing that energy to move. I think one of the most valuable things that we can learn as human beings in this lifetime is to become so comfortable with all of our emotional states of being, to get to a place where we really feel like emotionally we can move energy and move through anything that shows up in our life because there's so many issues that we have in our life because we're afraid to experience an emotion or we think that emotion will take us down. And so we pull ourselves away from our truth so we don't have to feel the feeling. And emotions, they don't last very long, right? We really can move emotion if we know how to do it very quickly. And, and people go, oh, what? Oh my gosh, emotions. I don't want to talk about emotions. That's not fun, right? I want to talk about oh, my soul mission. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, a lot of people, it's, it's curious to me because I believe in our society, there's a reason that we ha are not taught about our emotions. I think, you know, in every different sense, we are easily controlled by things like fear, by things like emotional states of being, when we're uncomfortable with our own emotions. And so it's almost systematically taught to human beings to not learn about their emotions, to not become comfortable with them. And anybody who's been through an awakening and journey will tell you that that's foundational. You have to, you have to honor each aspect of your being, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual. They all have to come online and they all have to wake up and we have to be comfortable with all of those parts of our being. And so a lot of the soul mission work, like I said, births through that emotional channel. And for the most part, 
we are taught from the time we're very little to close down that channel. Or when I intuit for people, it's partially closed, like let's say 50% closed or 70% closed, which is capping off your creative power at 50% of what's possible for you, 70% of what's possible for you. Isn't that fascinating? Now, I always say to heal anything, you have to feel everything. And so I'm all about feeling the feels, bringing the emotions forth from crying to laughter, to anger, to whatever it is. It is so fascinating to me, though, how many people choose to throw their emotions under the rug, not realizing that that is actually the path to their greatest destiny. You know, exactly. it truly is interesting. Um, and we have we have to feel the emotions and we have to get vulnerable with them in order to heal and to move through and to grow into the person that we want to be and that we want to become. It's so true. I mean, there's no there's no way out but through, right? And in any awakening soul-led life, you're going to go through. But that is such a valuable skill set. Like if we taught our children how to move through things, right, energetically, we'd be living in a different world. I mean, it's like I look at that and I go, we could save ourselves so much heartache, right? Think about all of the well, let's take addiction, right? All of the addiction behaviors are typically with people that are sensitive and they don't want to feel what's too painful to feel. So it's easier to use some sort of substance or food or whatever to, to not have to feel our feelings. We use what I call them lids, a lid, right? To keep that emotion stored in our mind-body system, except for that emotion continues to build and we continue to attract events that are of like kind. So we continue to be hurt over and over again in the same way. And that builds more of that emotional energy. And then we need more food or more alcohol or more drugs or more whatever to kind of keep that boiling pot, the lid on that boiling pot. And at a certain point, it's overwhelming because trying to hold in that amount of emotional energy as life keeps sending you more and more opportunities to move through it and you keep holding on to it, it really starts to guide every choice in your life. You start making choices from that pain that you're holding and making decisions about your future. And you can imagine when we're caught up in this, right, this like cycle, you can imagine it like a vortex or a cycle that we're caught up in, like the feelings of like joy and fulfillment and purpose and all of these things, like there's just not space for that. There's not time for that when we're caught up in all this other stuff. And, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a mistake, meaning like, I feel that in a lot of ways, like society is set up this way. And when we look, you know, at the history of our world and the history of humanity, like you'll see repeating patterns when you look back at how people were, you know, treated and how people were set up to feel certain ways and how we were disconnected from our truth and how we were, you know, taught to disconnect from the parts of us that make us a sovereign being and make us powerful. And we have a real opportunity now to, you know, like with what you do in the world and this podcast to, to start 
having conversations about how we step back into our divinity and our sovereignty and how we learn to accept all aspects of ourself, how they operate, how they work in the world, so that we're not susceptible to fear, so that we're not susceptible um, to these lower states of being just kind of swimming in them, right? Whether it's addiction or all these behaviors that ultimately cause us even more pain. I mean, it's time to set ourselves free. Yeah, I agree with you. I know in my own family, um, you know, my ex-husband, there was so much addiction and I, I didn't even realize all of the addiction until I had to take him to rehab and in taking him to rehab and witnessing the torment that was within him was so hard for me to actually bear witness to because I had no idea right? And then you don't even realize how all of that is affecting other people within your life as well. One of the biggest things, and you know this too, um, as we've talked about it in the past, one of the biggest things for me was the forgiveness piece, being able to start with that forgiveness for self and releasing myself from all of the pain then welcomed myself into what was possible within my own soul mission. Had I not gone down that path of actually feeling the feels and having the anger and experiencing the joy and saying, you know what, I can have both. I can feel angry and then all of a sudden feel happiness. It's okay. And just giving myself permission to go through that process, which by the way, I was not taught as a child. I That was not, no. Mm-hmm. I, when I told my family that I was going to start speaking out, they were like, holy shit, what? Like, right. we don't do that in this family. You know, we, 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 we just don't. And if you want to talk right. to us about it as adults, totally fine. And your parents, okay. But even that is a little uncomfortable sometimes. We really, as a family unit, we were taught, put everything under the rug. And then all of a sudden, Sarah's birthed into the world. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is, this is dumb. We need to be able to speak about what we've gone through so other people can heal as well. It's such a freeing experience when you can get to that place of self-forgiveness. I want to talk a little bit about that with you because I know as we're talking about, you know, raising your vibration and being able, which by the way, I didn't even understand what that term was seven years ago. When I was going through everything in my trauma recovery, I was like raising my what? What? Up-leveling into what, what? You know, I mean, I was a happy person and I knew about energy and I knew a little bit about that, but I didn't understand the true um, significance of it. It's kind of like, I didn't understand the true significance of manifesting your life into creation at the same time as healing at the same time that I was healing from my trauma recovery. I didn't, I didn't understand all of that. That's why I speak so openly about it today. It was like, I was doing it, but I didn't even truly understand what it was until it was happening. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So uh, there are a few different things that we can talk about. One is what exactly is raising your vibration for those people that don't know that are new to all of this. And then let's also dive into the self-forgiveness piece and how that actually um, works in uh, to all of the, the soul mission work that you do. Yeah. So a great way that's very linear and practical to think about vibration is imagine a 10 story building. And imagine that every floor of that building is a different vibration, which really it is. Because if I lived on the ground floor of that building, let's say in an apartment, 
if I looked out the window, I would see my, maybe a sidewalk, maybe a trunk of a tree, you know, on the on the edge of the sidewalk, um, maybe some cars driving by. If I lived on the 10th floor of that building and I looked out the window, I would see rooftops and clouds. I would not see the same thing. So every different vibrational frequency, you know, we live in a universe that is made up of frequency and vibration and energy at the basis of everything, like the desk I'm sitting at, the chair I'm sitting on, it's all energy. We are all energy. And, and there is different information and perspective at different vibrational frequencies. And maybe you can think back to like going to Thanksgiving or something and, you know, you've got cousins and uncles and aunts there or whatever, and you're sitting at the table and you're sharing your life in California and how you transform people's lives. And, you know, you've got the uncle that just thinks like, she's crazy. Like, what's she talking about? Like, I don't get this. You know what I mean? Maybe he's a mechanic and he's like, I just work on cars and what's even a podcast and how are you been doing this? Right. And you're, and you're having this moment. Like, how are you there? (laughs) Right. Um, And we've, everyone I feel like has had these experiences and you're sitting there and you're holding a conversation, but you're acutely aware that you live on a different planet, right. Than this blood relative of yours, which is even weirder, right. It's like, I'm somehow related to you, but you and I do not see eye to eye, or maybe it's arguing over politics, or maybe it's arguing over different things, right? Like people just literally seeing life through an entirely different perspective to the point where you kind of just say, I'm just going to not even argue my point because this person's never going to understand what I say, right? Like, I'm just going to let it be and just move on, have a conversation, go back to California and forget this even happened, right? So um, so that's a really practical way that we all experience a difference in frequency. We are either magnetically attracted to people, meaning like if you have a best friend or a mate or something like that, you'll just feel like, oh, I want to call them. Like you have this urge and this desire to exchange with them, to have a conversation, to spend time with them, or you don't. There might be people in your life that you used to know or people that you've met once and you go, there's no magnetic attraction to connect with this person. Like I, and sometimes it even feels like I'm being pushed away. Like I don't want to be in this person's energy. This is all energy. When we meet someone, we say, oh, she's super cool. I love her vibe. What you're saying is I love her energy. My vibrational frequency and her vibrational frequency are in a similar range, right? So there's there's a synonymous energy there. So when we look at healing, when we look at you know transformation, spiritual awakening, living a soul-led life, many times our experience over that journey will change from, let's say, living on the first or second floor to now seeing life on the ninth or 10th floor. And it just means that your vantage point of your reality and of realities in general is different than it used to be. Doesn't mean first floor is worse than the 10th floor. Like it's not a worse or better thing. I mean, some people get into this very like raising your frequency to this level makes you better. It doesn't. It's just different, right? These are just different vibrational frequencies and where I feel like we are going as humanity, what I intuit is, is our ability to toggle in between frequencies, our ability to perceive the world from multiple different vantage points simultaneously, to not just be glued to one vantage point only. We all know people that can't see beyond their own vantage point, um, but instead to be able to utilize different vantage points and perspectives. And so 
as we're healing, we can start to understand our energy, what feels good in our life, what doesn't feel good. It's all registered through how we feel in the moment, how people feel in our life. Everybody I think who's been through a spiritual awakening has had moments in their life where they realize, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to have this person in my life anymore. I don't think I'm supposed to hang out with this group of people anymore. Like you're just evolving, right? And it's time to evolve what you put yourself around. Amen. Right there. Thank you. So, you know, I use the analogy of climbing a mountain, right? Like you're, you're at the the base of the mountain and it, and the air, everything that you are surrounding yourself by the animals, the, um, I mean, literally everything is very different at the bottom of the mountain versus when you get to the summit. Sometimes you're above the clouds. Sometimes you have the most amazing eagles float right next to you. Sometimes you, you encounter different bugs. Um, sometimes you are no longer in tree line and you are literally above the tree line that can exist. And so it's, and, and one is not any different than the other. And I, I think one of the things I'd like to also point out is um, for me, I have found that it's in zero judgment, only love. And so when I am uh, working in the space of spirituality in nature or with other people, um, it's never about right or wrong. It just is. And so I think that when we can also put ourselves in that space, it allows ourselves to open up to really being able to have a different vantage point, not only within our own life, but then also seeing other people as simply human beings as well. And so it's a beautiful space to be in. Um, I'm glad you brought all of this up though, because it is really interesting to me how I didn't realize within my own healing journey, how much of an energy uh, force was actually working within me when I was in nature, right? Until all of a sudden I'm in recovery. I'm, you know, people, my therapist or look, my one therapist was looking at me, questioning me, like, how is it that you are healing so quickly? And for me, it was being able to get out into nature and experiencing the energy field of something so non judgmental and simply on a different plane than it would be if I was cooped up, sitting inside, underneath the covers, brushing underneath, pushing everything underneath the rug, like, you know, so many people do. You need to bring everything out into the surface and have, and be very truthful and honest, just like we just started this conversation with. So such a beautiful thing, such a yeah. beautiful thing, yeah. such a beautiful thing. I mean, like literally it's a different kind of way of healing from some of our deepest pain, but then also transforming our life into whatever it is that we choose. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're well, welcome. Let's, yeah, let's dive into self-forgiveness now and how that actually can be a huge step into uh, your soul mission as well. I mean, anything that we are looking at and we are beating ourselves up about or we are feeling like, why did I or why couldn't I have or, you know, feeling like we hold energy about other people, even forgiving other people, you know what I mean? Which always ties back into forgiving yourself. I feel like we have, you know, interactions with other people and they do things or they interact in the same way and we might need to feel like we want to forgive them, but ultimately it comes back to forgiving yourself too. Like those two things I think are inextricably tied together. There's always going to be a piece of self-forgiveness in the journey of forgiving other people as well. And, you know, I think we get in this thing where we think that our life journey should have been something different, that you should be different. 
your journey should be different. You shouldn't have done X, Y, or Z. This other person shouldn't have done X, Y, or Z. This is all very like linear, rational mind decides, or our ego really decides like it shouldn't have been this way. And we really hold ourselves to the fire with it shouldn't have been this way. Like I shouldn't have made this choice. They shouldn't have made this choice. Like this shouldn't have happened. Um, And I just invite people to try on that maybe it should have. Oh, perfect. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like maybe it was all part of the journey. And that's what illuminates itself in soul mission. Because at the beginning of the birthing of soul mission, you are being educated. You are being taken through the training, the real world experiential training of what you're going to share or teach. So if you don't, if you're walking a tough path, right? And you're navigating a lot of stuff and something is awakening inside of you. I want you to see it as like being in the most advanced level of schooling ever possible, which is the school of moving through life and spiritual awakening and gathering your skill set. So like when I take people through deep personal transformation, I'm able to do that because I've been through it myself, because I've walked the very scary, scary moments of that, the moments where you want to turn around and run, the moments of fear, the moments of doubt. Like I've personally by spirit been taken through that process, which frankly, if I had never been through it myself and I didn't have that real world experiential training, I wouldn't be courageous enough, right? I just wouldn't. I would, I would be too, I'd be like, oh, am I guiding this person in the right way, right? Um, but because I've walked the walk, I can help other people walk the walk. And same with you, right? This is what, this is what mission birthing is about, is can you make this walk yourself first? And then can you contribute, whether it's coaching or a product or a service or whatever gets created in the process of you making the walk? you have all your skill set and your tool belt right around your waist. And so people many times when it feels like life is coming apart, don't realize that they're actually birthing their soul mission and that they're just in the training program. My dad used to say to me, don't just talk the walk, walk the walk. And my mom used to say to me uh, when I was going through my own recovery at 17, after I was raped and um, was pregnant, she used to walk me down Main Street in my hometown. And she would say, just hold your head high, stand in your integrity and everything people, people will believe you someday. Um, and it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful Testament, right. To like continuing the journey with every step. And so I thank you for that. Cause it's a really big thing to remind people of is that you are on this journey for a reason. These things are happening for you. And it's not, I, I, I think the other thing is, is that your sole mission in all of this it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing like starting a business. It can be yep. helping your family to break the patterns of the past, right? Like your sole mission can be something like um, just creating something for your grandchild someday so that they learn from your own experience. It doesn't have to be some, because that's grandiose in itself, right? Like it, that in itself is grandiose. And so I think that that's an important reminder to everybody as well. I absolutely love the work that you are putting into this world. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, I thank you for showing up 
and uh, doing all of this. Is there anything else as we round out um, this time together that you would like to share with these listeners? Just be courageous with your truth. Just allow yourself to, you know, to go through any process that you're in, to look at what needs to be looked at. Like, truthfully, it's much harder to run from things than it is to face them and be courageous. And if you are lucky enough to surround yourself with people like Sarah mm-hmm. um, and get the support and the love and the connection and the safety that you need, that you know that hand to hold is everything and and you will you will move through it and you will persevere and you will create the life that you came here to create. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's beautiful. Where can people find you? Um our home base here on the web is thesoulfrequency.com. I'm also at the soul frequency on Facebook and Instagram. And you have an amazing podcast as well. So go listen to that everybody. Um thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. So, yes, Kathy, thank you for coming on. It was such a good episode. You guys have to go listen to it on the Soul Frequency Show. It was so good. So good. I just love you. Well, I appreciate you being here. And uh, if there's anything that we can do over here um, within our space, let us know to support you. And the same goes um, anything that, uh, and both ways, as always. So I really appreciate you being here. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thank you. My friends, thank you for listening to the Live Boldly podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so grateful to have you here. I'd love to invite you over to sarahschultingkranz.com to receive five free meditations recorded by me or download your free guide on how nature is your perfect healing therapy. My site has many free resources to guide you on your life journey, many that I used myself while on my road from victim to survivor. And also, please, I ask that you share my podcast with those who may need inspiration, information, or who may need to hear from others going through where they are right now. To grow this podcast, please leave an iTunes review and subscribe. Go find it on other platforms such as Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please also go to my Instagram or Facebook page, leave a message in my comments, and tell me what you think of this episode. Please share in your stories and tag me. I'd love to reshare and celebrate your healing journey. I love hearing from each one of you. Let's keep the ripple going. It begins with each one of us. I love you. And as I always say, I believe in you, us, always. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.